Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, Executive Recruiter, Director of Recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And today I have a really special treat for you. We are going to do what we call our team chats. And so I brought with me today Joe Nanez. He's one of our business development managers, and he and I work very closely together to develop those strong relationships with clients and to find out what they really want and just to connect. And so I'm so excited that you're here with me today, Joe. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Casey. I appreciate it. Uh, it's exciting to be here. You know what? First of all, let me say, how cool is it that we have a company podcast? It's pretty cool that the company sponsors this, but not just to plug and play for their business, but to really get information out to our clientele and to the markets in general as to how to hire and what they can be doing better. Absolutely. And I have really found it to be a go-to for me with candidates that, you know, because we've covered so many topics that relate to a job search that if a candidate has a question about something, I can say, hey, go watch episode so-and-so mm -hmm. to learn more about that. So it's been just a really great tool and I think such a great give back that our company does. Absolutely. So, well, and excited that you're here today. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, I've been in the sales aspect of recruiting for quite some time. I don't want to name the number of years, but, uh, <laughs> but it's something that I truly enjoy. I have a passion for working with people. I have a passion for getting help to people who need help and finding the right um, employee for their company. And most importantly, right now during COVID and the environment that we're in, I love finding a new home for somebody in the midst of kind of a tumultuous time. Yeah, that's so, I mean, and that's a great segue into what we're going to talk about today because we're going to talk about, you know, what it looks like in the hiring world today, um, the virtual hiring, interviewing, onboarding, training afterwards, just kind of what that looks like. So kind of give us an idea, you know, what today's job market looks like. I mean, are there still jobs out there? Yes, there are still jobs out there. In fact, hiring is starting to pick up a little bit. There are quite a few companies who have come to realize after the beginning of things being a little bit off that um, they're able to shave office space, they're able to get um, their people to work remotely from home and to be uh, very happy in doing so. They, they get to be in a comfortable environment, they're around their families, their children, their pets, their significant others. And on top of that, the companies are saving a little bit of money now in, in shaving those costs. So. Employment is starting to ramp up a little bit, and it's it's a pretty exciting time for sure. Um, as for hiring, like safely, that's a different story now. Um, things are very different than hiring in office. People are starting to look at the different ways that they need to hire, the different applications that they have, and so you know, video conferencing, digital tools that they can use to keep track of their you know either their sales funnel or their recruiting funnel. 
And then, of course, you know, we work at a company that, that has been doing that for ages. That's what we do is, is recruiting. So there's a lot of people reaching out to companies to say, hey, I haven't worked in this environment before. What can I be doing now? How, how can you be of service to me and help us with our, pro- with our process? So I'm curious. You said something earlier about people working from home, and it was a real shocker to me when we had to go shelter in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but... As the months went on, I was just like, I'm actually more productive working from home. But I'm curious, what was your favorite part about working from home? Uh, The autonomy, really. Um, It's nice to not have somebody stop by your desk every couple of minutes. Um, It's nice to be in constant communication with people through different avenues um, without having to get up and tread across the uh, the floor and, and go talk to somebody directly, but just to realize that they're there, you know, at the yeah. end of your keyboard. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. And maybe that's why I felt so much more productive than, you know, because when I was at home, people couldn't just walk up to me and interrupt my flow. Mm-hmm. They only got to interrupt my flow if I let them when I was at home by either answering an email or answering a phone call or, you know, whatever that might be. So that's a really good point. I think my favorite part was having my puppies with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to be around your loved ones, your animals. Yes, yes, for sure. But then, of course, my my child has grown, so I didn't have to deal with that added pressure of homeschooling as well. So probably why I enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So, So in your experience working with clients, are they hiring and onboarding in person, remotely, or are we doing a hybrid of this? It's a hybrid. It's, it's kind of a to each his own, right, mm-hmm. because some offices have opened back up, um, so they are doing some in-office hiring, but most people are utilizing all the resources that are available to us online. So um, I'm even seeing a mixture within individual companies and taking things through certain processes. So it's nice to have the initial phone call. You've got a stack of resumes when you first start, and you have to you know figure out who's a fit. And a lot of that has to be an initial conversation, maybe 10, 15-minute conversation. You're getting a quick feel for the person's personality, their culture fit. Um, and if all of those things line up, and you schedule some time for a video conference, right? So you start to use a different level of resources. You have a face-to-face, if you will. Um, and then from there, I've seen companies say, okay, well, at that point, I'm going to need you to come in, at, barring any weird scenarios, um, and and come in and do a face-to-face and you know meet a few of the team members or some of the board members, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So I'm really seeing a true mixture of all of those things happening at the same time. Gotcha, gotcha. I think that one of the things that I've seen, even though I know that that is, um, you know, that we are kind of seeing that mixture, but I have seen clients take it completely virtual, virtual onboarding, virtual training, virtual Mm -hmm. everything. So, and that's been a really unique experience. And I know there's been some good and bad on both sides of that, but, um, but it is happening out there. Yeah, absolutely. There is some bad for sure. And, And those are the things that we have been dealing with since day one of recruiting, which is, you know, a decade in the past, um, that a lot of companies are just now starting to utilize. So they're starting to realize that there can be some tech difficulties. There can be a gap between what their company understands and knows versus what the candidate understands and knows. And a lot of people think that that might be based on 
like an age discrepancy, but it's really not. You yeah. can you can very easily run into younger people who just haven't been on a particular platform that you're utilizing. And so there might be a little bit of a gap there in the technology and, and the usage there. So my question to you, since you're on the recruiting side, is what kind of advice could you give to people? What kind of advice would you share to help them address those types of difficulties? So that's a, that's a really good question. And one of the things that I would say is always test your equipment ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Make sure that everything's working. Invite a friend. Or you can even just, you know, with Zoom, you can just open up a Zoom meeting and then just test it out that way. You can test all your audio. You can test your camera, look at your lighting, and do all that just in a test one. But you want to make sure that you're connecting correctly. So I would definitely say have a link and send it to someone that you can partner with that can test that out ahead of time. Make sure your internet connection is high quality. Oh my gosh, that causes so many problems when it's not. And you know, that may be you kick the kids off the computer for a little bit, you know, so that you get more of that bandwidth. Um, You know, and absolutely it's a good idea to jump on probably five to ten minutes ahead of time you may be sitting there waiting but at least you're not keeping the hiring manager waiting because that can be annoying and they're usually on a very tight schedule when they're interviewing Um, and then the other thing that I would recommend is make sure that you have your interviewers phone number and information so that if anything goes wrong even though you've done everything to prepare for this you can let them know immediately that you're not going to be on time for that phone call or your recruiter if you're going through a recruiter. Yeah, that's a great point. You can prepare all day long, and if the power goes out, you're in trouble. And if you don't have a phone number of somebody to contact, then it's it's going to be read as you weren't prepared or something went wrong. Exactly. And we we call it no-call, no-show when candidates don't show up for their interviews. and They're done. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big – we have a little button in our our applicant tracking system that we use that says, do not call. And that alerts any recruiter from that day forward, something went wrong here, don't call. So if for some reason you cannot make an interview, I don't care whether it's in person, whether it's you know virtual, or even just a phone, have the courtesy to call and let the other person know ahead of time. And if you're working with a recruiter, call your recruiter, let them know so they can get in touch with the hiring managers because the hiring managers are probably really you know listening for those phone calls from recruiters when they're interviewing candidates through them yeah i had a client that i was just talking to a couple of days ago actually emailing back and forth and we were talking about this very topic and she said one of the things that she runs into is nervousness um, there's a different level of nerves that happens when you're on camera versus sitting with a person face to face so she had a plan of attack for that. She'd been interviewing people online for two years already, so this is old hat for her, but uh, something that she had to figure out along the way. And one of the things that she does is she schedules 10 to 15 minutes on the front end of her conversation to have a conversation, um, just to mellow everything out, to have the person feel comfortable. And she starts to spell out the process for them after that of, you know, this is our hiring process. We're on phase two now. The next steps would be three, four, and five. Gets them comfortable, helps them understand process, and then they move into the interview. So that's been really helpful to her. Um, I'd love to ask you also, what do you notice when you're talking to people in a video chat type of scenario? So, and that is, you know, in the past, we always interviewed our candidates in person. That was one of the promises we made to our clients. And I and, and I work both sides of the desk, so I don't think we've really talked about that on here. So mm-hmm. I do business development and I do um, 
recruiting, uh, sourcing for candidates, but more on the sourcing side as well. But, you know, my job is when I meet with the candidates is, number one, I'm looking to see, are you professional? Do you present well enough that I'm going to send you to my trusted client because we build up these strong relationships with our clients and let's face it they're hiring us to vet these candidates out you know so that's what I need to do and so before when we were in person I I don't know how many of you out there have worked with a recruiter before but we put you in these little bitty rooms right and there's a reason for that because we want to see are you wearing too much cologne are you not wearing enough you know all those kind of things did you smoke right before you came in here because that's that's a big no-no don't do that and then try to cover it up with perfume But we can't do that anymore. So we've really got to pay attention to other details when we're doing those video calls. And one thing that is so important, and, you know, we laugh about this in the office, but we call them the Zoom suits, right? Don't don't get sloppy for your interview. You know, go ahead and put on the whole suit because, number one, you're going to feel better and you're going to... If for some reason you have to get up and get something, some information, they're not going to catch you in your shorts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've had that happen before. That's, you know, that's a really good point. We've yeah. all seen a ton of the videos where a child walks into the room or somebody walks through the background. So yes. you've really got to make sure that you're prepared for those situations. If you do need to pause for a minute and pick the child up and walk them out of the room, you don't want to be wearing PJs from exactly. the waist down. Exactly. That's a so, great point. Yeah. That's a great You know, and other things I'm looking for, you know, I want you to come to this interview as if you were interviewing with the company themselves. Because if you think about it, I'm the gatekeeper. I decide whether your resume goes to that company or not through Mm -hmm. me. You can apply on your own, but chances are if a company is engaged with a recruiter, they're not looking at those online submissions anymore because they're done with it. They're tired of it, Mm -hmm. right? And so your best chance is to get in through me at this point. And if you do not present well enough that I feel confident putting you in front of my client, you're not going to get submitted. And I'm going to tell you that you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to submit you and not submit you. I'm going to tell you why I'm not submitting you and exactly why. So going back to the question, what do they need to do? Brush your hair. Brush your teeth. Look professional. And show up. And be ready for that interview. Have your resume in front of you. So that when I ask you questions, you know what I'm talking about and where I'm getting that information. What about backgrounds and things like that? Okay. So. (laughs) The eye roll. (laughs) Yes. Here's a biggie. Do not use a virtual background. I know everybody thinks they're cool, but they're really tacky. Okay. And what happens, I just had this happen, or somebody just shared this with me the other day in that we have... um, she had signed up for a webinar, and it was a live webinar, right? And she paid lots of money for this webinar. In the first call, the person had a virtual background. Well, if you don't have high bandwidth, and even if you do, every time you make a move, it shifts. You know what I'm talking about. I the virtual do. background shifts. And his was so bad, and it was so blurry, that she was distracted from what the call was about. And so that's what's going to happen if you use like a virtual background for, um, you know, an interview process. I know you don't want them to see your dirty house, so pick it up. Um, but they, they're, they're going to be distracted by your virtual background no matter what you choose. So ixnay on the virtual backgrounds. And the other thing, mm-hmm. don't think you're going to get away with not turning your camera on, okay? Because I will tell you, almost every client that I work with right now, that's the first thing they say, make sure they know they need to have their camera on. A lot of these virtual meetings are taking 
the place of in-person meetings, they want to see your face. They want to see your interactions and what you're doing. And then, you know, again, just prepare in advance to look your best. You are on an interview. I don't care if you're in your home. You're on an interview. Mm -hmm. They're looking at your movements and your Mm -hmm. gestures, and they want to see how all of that works. And and I'm the world's worst about this, but like I said, if you're trying to hide a messy house, go ahead and pick it up because, or, or better yet, Find a place where you can interview. Um, you know, I do a lot of TV interviews. And so I have one wall of my house that's just blank. And so I will set up there so that all you can see behind me is the blank wall. Mm-hmm. So there's no distractions. Well, I might have a tree over there. But that's it. That's it. You know, and just lighting. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about lighting for a second. So you, you might think less light is better, but that's not true. You need as much light and natural light if you can as possible. Um, there's some pretty cheap alternatives, and we're all doing these Zoom meetings nowadays, so we should probably have these as a staple. Good microphones, good headphones, all that kind of stuff. Oh, here's another one. Don't wear wireless earbuds because they don't – the sound is completely different if you're doing it over Bluetooth versus wired in. So that's so something direct else. connectivity sounds yes, clearer. Yes, absolutely. I wasn't aware of that. That's, yeah. uh, you've now sparked something in my own mind. Yeah. I thought virtual backgrounds were so cool when I first saw them, and so I built one for our company so I would have our logo behind us. And then I tested it, and it was so awful. It was so bad. It was They're so, so bad. awful. Um, one of the clients that I had connected with a couple of days ago, the one, same one that I was mentioning earlier, yeah. one of her other topics was just overall – comfortability of being at home so people now understand things are going to happen we kind of touched on it earlier but children are going to walk into the room the doorbell is going to ring and when the doorbell rings the dog's going to bark things are going to happen and people are very comfortable and free with that you want to try to limit that as much as possible obviously um maybe you make sure that amazon doesn't deliver a package between one and two during your interview but um but people are understanding of that. So that is not something to lose your, your cool about if it does happen in that scenario. I think that's important to, to talk about as well. I, I think so, too. And I know, again, going back to what I told you was my favorite part about being at home during the shelter in place, my little puppies, which they're six and seven, but they are little. And But that was also the worst part about being at home. I can't tell you how many times I had to apologize because I did not realize how much they bark during the day. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. So. Yeah, I've had mine jump on my lap uh, during conversations. And if you've got a dog person on the other end, it's pretty cute for a second, but you still need to shuffle them away and, and get them gone. But uh, but it's interesting how many different things can happen during that process. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about now. Let's talk about we've gotten through the interview process. It's all mm-hmm. virtual. Oh, and I did want to mention, that's another thing that I've been really asking my candidates lately, is how comfortable are you with going back to an office? Or vice versa, how comfortable are you with not going into an office? Mm -hmm. People have different reactions to that. Some people are just fine starting virtually. Other people have a real problem with it because they need that connection. They need that camaraderie. So, And you started virtually. I did. I did start virtually. I didn't get the uh, the, the new hire dinner that everybody gets. (laughs) But but I had a great time meeting people. I've... I think companies do different things in those scenarios to help them get connected. I think some of the things that we've seen from in-person to you know doing it online are still the same. There's 
a lot of companies that are still utilizing the process of, hey, tell me five things about yourself that I can share with the team, something that people would be surprised by, something that um, that interests you. And as you talk about those things and you, you dwindle those down to five points, if those are sent out to the team ahead of time, then when you connect and you first start working there, like in my case, people reached out to me and they said, oh, you're an English Premier League soccer fan. I'm, I'm a big fan too. What team do you follow? And so those conversations happen and they're a lot of fun. Um, I had a, you know, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson a lot and I was reading a book of his and a person had actually asked me, hey, have you read his latest book? I have a copy of it. If you want a copy, I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. I was just finishing it. So we had a lot to talk about. And that was a really nice thing to do and and an easy way to transition a new person in. Um, In our current environment, I think it's really important to also get people connected early. So maybe you have a Zoom conference meeting Mm -hmm. with the entire team. You introduce the new person and everybody gets to know each other. And also, I would say build them into any communication. So if you've got uh, chat rooms with, you know, your recruiting team or your sales team or a mixture Put them in there early so they don't miss information or feel left out. Same for emails, calendar yep. invites, and all of those things. Yeah, I think that when you joined, we were doing the virtual happy hours. Did you ever participate in those? I didn't. I didn't get to be a part of the virtual happy hours. must have forgot hours. to put you on the invite. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's what happened. Listen to us. Uh, so see, that's a good point. You need to make sure you get all the new people on this stuff, right? I think I started right i think one person that started right before me was a part of the virtual in, invites and then i think or the virtual meetings and i think those kind of tapered off right as i started so i don't i don't know necessarily that they missed a beat maybe i'll do some research <laughs> uh, but yeah it's um it's it's pretty interesting and as for expectation setting i think that's really important mm-hmm. as kind of part of this as you come on to a new team or somebody recruits you onto a new team it is vastly important for them to give you a true understanding of what this role is going to be like if you're working remotely. There are so many aspects that are different in just managing expectations and helping people understand the job. Um, I think it's important to let people know what your work hours are going to be. If you take lunch at a certain time, you might be out of pocket. You don't want people thinking you're sitting on the yes. couch watching, you know, your favorite novella in the middle of the day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Is so, that also a soap opera? Yes, that is a soap <laughs> opera. That's uh, that's my, my Spanish coming out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's important to let people know what your work hours are when you might be out of pocket and how to reach you if something urgent is happens during that time where you're normally out of pocket send me a text you know call me directly on my cell phone um you know one thing i do what so i you know my, one of my big core values is transparency right and mm. so my calendar is completely open anybody in the office can go look at my calendar to see what i'm doing at any moment i appreciate that with you because oftentimes i end up setting a meeting where we need to be together yes and your calendar and my calendar and there, somebody else's calendar it's crazy it's too hard it's yeah. too hard to to have communication back and forth open your calendars let each other see them well and especially because you know i work part-time remotely and Mm -hmm. so it's nobody's really if my calendar wasn't open that you guys could see that i'm not not answering your phone call because i don't want to i'm actually on another call Mm -hmm. you know which i usually am so um, if you're not on a call you're preparing for a call as well so (laughs) you're yeah your time limits are you know, they're tight. And I think it's important to, to be able to open that up to people and have them understand. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we've kind of talked about 
a little bit about the onboarding process, but, um, you know, what are some of the challenges that people are seeing with that onboarding process? I know we talked to a client, a mutual client the other day that had been onboarded virtually, and there, there were some real issues. There are some issues, and these are things that people can circumnavigate very easily. We have a we're fortunate enough to have a financial solutions team that can go in and help people with this. Um, but one of the things is just mapping the role, knowing mm-hmm. what a person's actual job is going to be. So if you're starting and you're starting online and you're starting from home, you don't have a whole lot of direction and you need direction. You mm-hmm. need to know what your expectations are. You need to know who's relying on you for information. Um, who you're relying on for information in return, what your deadlines are, how much time you should be spending on certain tasks. And if you can have a company help you go in and define those roles, define those time frames, define those deadlines, it is going to accelerate the pace at which you are successful at your job and you're going to feel more comfortable. So I highly recommend talking to somebody about role mapping or role transitioning. Yeah, I think that's so important, and I think that's such a cool feature that we have to offer. It's, it's just an added value, right? Just like everything that we strive to do, you know, we're, we at VIP, we want to give value first, you know, and then earn your business that way by giving you that value. So I think that role transitioning piece is going to be huge. It's big. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a company recently who's actually looking or about to start a search for a CFO. No, they have started a search for the CFO. They've done two rounds, and they're not getting what they need in their candidates. And one of the things I asked them was, have you, have you mapped your role? Is there a role transitioning plan? Well, they hadn't done that. So ultimately, it's harder to find the right person, the needle in the haystack, mm-hmm. when you don't really have the position map to begin with. Right, because it's just like you're like, well, we think we want this. And, and I would have the same thing with clients all the time, especially like in, I think a role transitioning leads to your job description, right? Yes, it should. And I have so many clients that don't have job descriptions, and they'll be like, well, we want this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I give them this, and they're like, but, but we really wanted this. And I'm like, okay, you need to figure out what you want right. because, you know, you're giving me two different targets here, and neither one of them works. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything else that you can share about, you know, what we're seeing in the market right now as far as virtual versus in-person versus hybrid? I, I really think that it's, it, it's a hybrid scenario in most mm-hmm. cases, but you've got to be open to everything when you're going into that process. So if you're not comfortable in front of a camera, get comfortable. Do you some practice to. runs with friends and family. Do what you got to do. You know what? And that reminds me that... As I've said before, this podcast has been a great tool to share with people. And so um, I wanted to remind everybody that episode 55 was with a body image, body movement specialist, Allison Henderson. Allison Henderson, I can talk, I promise. (laughs) And so if you're having problems with your Zoom interviews and you're not nailing them, go listen to what she has to say because she's got some really great tips on how to maximize or optimize your LinkedIn interviews. So... Um, we are coming to the end of our time together does, today. Where does time go in this room? I know. This is like the longest we've got to sit and have a conversation. Usually it's just like really quick. You're like, what do you want? Yeah. Get to the point. Let's go. Both of us are because we're so busy. But you do not get to escape without answering the VIP questions. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Ooh, things or people. So uh, number one. 
I'd have to take my wife. Now, I wouldn't force her to go. My wife and I have a really good relationship, so I would give her the first right of refusal. There you go. Uh, I would like for her to go with me. <laughs> um, I also told you I'm a little bit of a nerd with some astrophysics stuff, so I know that Mars isn't the best planet for oxygen, so I'd take some kind of oxygen tank. And I know they've got ice. I think they've got ice, but I don't know if it's actually drinkable, so I'd have to take some something to filter water. Okay. I know, a little nerdy, sorry. <laughs> Everybody kind of goes in a different direction with that question because it's very vague about what's available to you up there mm-hmm. intentionally because we want to see what you're going to say. Yeah. But it's we get some really cool answers out of that. So what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Ooh, I do a couple of things. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I get up early and go to the gym before I plan for my day. So that's usually at 5 or 5.30. I kind of call those free hours, right? Like once you get up, your day's going, mm-hmm. things happen, and you've got things to take care of, and somehow it always goes all the way into the night. But if you can get up early, um, those are like free hours. So I get up early, I go to the gym, I get my endorphins going, I plan my day, and then I go to work and I get my day started. So I do that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tuesday and Thursdays, I skip the gym part. I still plan my day. I've got to have some kind of goal. Mm-hmm. There are days where the tail wags the dog and I just absolutely lose control. But I always know what's most important to me, and whatever doesn't get done, I can roll over to my to-do list for the next day, and it becomes an A priority, needs to get done. Yes. I call those, I do the same thing mm-hmm. in the morning. I set my, I call, set my day up for success. Um, but I have my three rocks. These okay. are the rocks that have to get moved. Oh, that's interesting. I've seen your calendar. It's so. insane. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. I know. So I'm those, also a nerd. Yeah, but I love. I, I like that idea. These are three things. These are rocks or boulders, whatever they may be. This is something that has to move. And they're usually related to my goals that I've set for that quarter and for mm-hmm. the year. So that's cool. That's an interesting uh, thought concept. Yeah. Well, it's not it. unique. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my final question for you: All right. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Um, that's a good one. This might. This might sound wrong to start with, but I would. It, it, the title would be The Godfather. Okay, now explain yourself. <laughs> yes, I need to explain myself. Um, not related to any movies of the past or anything illegal. Um, I love mentoring people. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big part of my life. I've coached boys' soccer, I've coached a lot of people in their careers, I've coached people in their finances. Uh, but the reason I say The Godfather is because one of the people that I've coached and mentored his entire life, is my godson. Mm. Um, I make him refer to me as the godfather. Uh, <laughs> and, and I have a shirt. It's, it's wonderful. But, um, but that kind of encapsulates what I like to do. I really like to help people advance themselves. Mm. And it, it's a big portion of why I do what I do, why I love my job. Um, it helps people grow. Yeah. And I hear you talk about your godson a lot, so I know you're not making that up. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Max. Max, if you watch this. (laughs) Max, you better watch this. Love you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This has been such a great conversation. I know it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you for coming on the podcast as a guest of our company podcast. (laughs) Um, And I just have one more thing to say to you. What's that? You are a VIP. Thank you so much, Casey. I appreciate you having me. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.
And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.